To brag about the entrepreneurs that are on the show. So if you wouldn't mind, start us off, maybe share some personal fun facts. I mean, you, you gave me some insight before I pressed record uh, that would be fun to share. And then tell us who you are, what you do. So I have a very diverse background that could take like an entire week of podcasts to talk about. <laughs> and it, it, it's at times it's a lot for people to take and they don't understand how it all kind of came together. Um, I went to law school. I was a, a jury consultant on several very high profile cases, OJ Simpson, Michael Jackson, you know, all those kind of things. Um, I worked in the entertainment industry on film and television, and then I became a private investigator and I started doing undercover work and um, was doing a lot of human trafficking cases. And so that kind of led into like my philanthropy work with my business now. Uh, but all of that sounds all great to many people, but I was so stressed out. It was a lot of very negative work. It was a lot of high stakes because people were going to jail and money was at stake and all kinds of things that I got to a point where one day I thought I was having a heart attack and I drove myself to the hospital and they said, if you do not change your life, you're going to die. And my kids were there and they were like, every time I got on the computer, mom's going to die. Mom's going to die. She needs to not work. But I was a single mom. So I, I needed to work. So I started kind of down the road of personal development and wellness and looking at wellness more from the human experience and thus my group company, the human experience group of helping people with the day-to-day, -day, the routine, the habits, um, actually getting what they want and, you know, balance is something that we know is a myth, but doing it the best that they can in their lives, because I had to work on that for myself so that I would have more time for my family and be able to be really successful at what I was doing. So um, that's kind of how it got me here. And, you know, it's, I do a lot of wellness travel, which is a very unique niche that a lot of people don't know about, uh, especially now with COVID, uh, a lot of people are gearing up to do travel, but they want to do it in a healthy way. So um, I've kind of added that aspect to my company too. So what does that mean? Can you, can you expand on that? What wellness travel is? I mean, I have an idea in my head of what I might think it is, but it might be different than what you're speaking to. Yes. And a lot of people, when they hear wellness travel, they think they're going to a fat farm or a spa. Like it's one or the other. And, and they don't think about wellness could be going to another country and just learning about a different culture, learning about different people, uh, understanding how the world works in different places. Just you know, experiencing new things, new food, new uh, experiences. Uh, it could also be digital detox because a lot of us now we're online all the time. And there's hotels that specifically for families will take all of your devices when you check in or they don't even have access to internet 
at all at these locations so that the family can reconnect and spend time together. And, you know, one hotel, they even have little beds that you put your phone in and you, it's a little sleeping bag that you put on your phone and they have certain <laughs> hours you can use it. And because we get so disconnected from each other thinking we're connected online, but then when you start to experience together, which a lot of people have had to do this year of being physically together, it's a whole new experience. So wellness travel could be anything from going to another country and doing philanthropy work because you're getting a piece of your wellness. You know, the there's primary foods and secondary foods and the primary is relationships and connections and philanthropy, spirituality. And then the secondary is the food and the diet. And so it runs the gamut on what wellness means. I love that. Okay. That aligned more. I didn't know about cell phones and sleeping bags. So you just thought <laughs> me something really cool. And that's actually a space that is more like in my five-year plan, to be honest. I hadn't thought of it as wellness travel, but it's a good way to, to sell it. I want to have, <clears throat> the reason I do all the things I do is because I want to have what I call recovery playgrounds, which will be places to work on things with addiction and then mm -hmm. playing and fun and all that. And I picture them like a restaurant entertainment place, not Dave and Buster's because I'm a gambling addict, not that flavor, but that seems to be something people connect with. And then after I get that chain built, I want to have like um, a place where it captures all the different elements of that. So almost like a Disney world of recovery is what mm. I call it. So that ties into wellness travel. Yes. Um, I love that. And I went on, I went on my first sober trip at the beginning of last year, we went to Cambodia and to Thailand and, and you described it perfectly, like getting immersed in the culture, the food. And then, you know, we were doing, you meditate at anger. Wat. Like what kind of experience is that? You right. know? So I really right. can appreciate that. I didn't mean to make it all about me, but I, I really, no, but that's, that's it. an example of wellness. You know, it's people think, wellness in such the the diet space of or even getting better sleep you know, some of these hotels now have special air they pump in at night and they cl color all the lights out and black shades and all kinds of things and pillow menus and things it, it, it goes deep down now um but for so many people being stuck at home it could even be like i took a wellness trip with my family last week we went an hour away and just stayed at a hotel for a night. <laughs> like, that's it. We just stayed at a nice hotel and we all came back like, that was great. Like we had gone away for two weeks, but it was just one night, an hour away. So it got everybody like ready for school again and you know ready to go to work again. And so it comes in all different, different ways. Well, I am officially declaring what I just did for Christmas, a wellness trip then. Yep. Nobody wanted me because of COVID. Nobody wanted me at their house. So I said, why the hell am I staying here? We had had three feet of snow the week before. It was like in one shot. It was horrible. And I started shopping and found, I, I actually looked at the calendar or the weather channel to find the warmest place. The requirement was it had to be 80 degrees or better. So Florida was like in the fifties that week. And I was like, hell no. Um, so I, and, and can a plane get me there? Like, can I get there in this current 
environment. So I left and I went to Aruba for a week. Nice. There and you go. I called it like a spiritual reset. I was trying to teach myself to sit by the pool and do nothing, which is a lot harder than one would think. Yes. Um, I was getting up early because I love morning and going out and meditating. And then, like I said, sitting by the pool, I brought some books to work on and, and a little bit of stuff, but I hadn't thought of it being called again, like a wellness trip. It was Mm -hmm. a spiritual reset for me. It was something I felt like I needed to do. And because, excuse me, the audience here is entrepreneurs. I like that we're highlighting this point because people ask me, is it a working trip? Well, it kind of was, I was working on myself. I was working on getting ready for the new year and relaxation and self-care and proper sleep and getting away from the digital that you all mentioned that you mentioned all these things are part of what make us successful in business. If we don't disconnect, then we're not going to be successful because we're not going to be functional. That's right. So it what- opens up your creativity so much too. like having that. You know, I was listening to a podcast this morning where they're like, if you can't take 10 minutes of your day to just stop and take a breath or take a walk around the block, then you got bigger issues than what, what, what's happening in your business. Like you need to put that in there. Take a breath. If you get stuck on something, get up, walk around, move, you know, and it, and it will definitely open up your creativity. And when you're stumped on something, it'll still be there when you come back 10 minutes later. So <laughs> I agree with you and, and you're hundred percent right. And, and I think we could probably go down the rabbit hole of how we manage our time and all that to find those 10 minutes. I, I won't take us there, but uh, <laughs> it's a great, great point. So can you explain for the audience a little better what your role is in this, in the wellness travel piece, and then what your day-to-day looks like? Who are the clients that you work with? What does your day look like? What Can you paint us a picture? Sure. Well, I have three kids that I got to get to school in this they were virtual up until last week. So this whole time I've been doing both, like building a business and virtual with them. And they're preteens, one's a teen, but they that was challenging to all of a sudden have three little people that my schedule had to, during the work day, now revolve around. <laughs> I was good at it when they were in school, I had a schedule down. But once they were home, you know, I had to say, okay, I just have to give myself a little bit of grace. And if they interrupt me, they interrupt me. If I am having to schedule things differently, I'm going to have to schedule it differently so that I could do both effectively because I was just so sidetracked all the time in the beginning of this. Uh, And then what I ended up doing was really looking at, I have a big calendar and I just would plan out the week and you know, I used to think the people talking about their three big rocks and all, I was like, I don't need to do that. I, I have my goals, my to-do list, and it's fine. And once I really actually sat down and was like, okay, my three big things personally and professionally this week are this, and then each day break it down into three smaller things. By the end of the week, then I was accomplishing those six things and accepting that those six things, that was a lot for the week (laughs) because all the other little things in between, like I wasn't accounting for all of that, the carpooling and the this and the making dinners and all these kind of things. And you don't realize like how much of that is happening until we've all been stuck at home and you realize like how much stuff can distract you, the load of laundry or a phone call from a friend in the middle of the workday. So 
I had to really realign. And what I was doing before we all got locked in our homes was retreats and wellness travel. And so I was traveling a lot, like at least once a month somewhere. And I was helping at that time, I was helping other people with their retreats. And right before the shutdown happened, I was planning my own retreats oh. <laughs> for my own clients. And then we got shut down. So, so I had to start doing things a little bit differently. So I coach people on Zoom and here locally in person, I'll help people um, with like routine and habits and sleep and those types of things. Uh, looking at their whole day and their whole week and month and year and really getting them aligned with what they want the outcomes to be and keeping them on track. So I'm kind of like an accountability coach, you could say, um, just holding them accountable for everything they say they're going to do and making sure that they do it um, because that keeps them well. So that's where the wellness comes in. And um, I'm looking forward to this year doing some retreats somewhere. <laughs> Somewhere. I plan, I plan on going to Costa Rica with the alcohol free crowd. Yes. Um, I Costa Rica is great. I don't Costa know. Yeah. Rhythm or Rhythmia or something is the name of the place. Oh. I think. Um, I haven't decided if I'm going to use ayahuasca. I think that's what it's called. Yes. Um, I'm still, I still haven't decided. So yeah. there's a lot <laughs> to be determined. Um, that's probably more for my recovery show, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's a journey. Yeah, Costa Rica is great for retreats. It, it's good. It's a good place to reset and they have good uh, yoga and meditation and good food. I did a retreat there that like we had no internet. There was no alcohol. There was three meals a day and you ate them when they had them and there was no meat. So it was like vegetables only and rice and grain. And it was, it was a lot for me for a week. And like you were saying earlier about doing nothing, like I, I was there for six days and the first four, I was just like, like, because there was nothing, there was no TV, no internet, no music. There was just the beach and your thoughts and a tiny oh, little wow. pool. And so it was, it, it took some time to decompress. And, but then once I hit day four, then I didn't want to go home because <laughs> I was like, now the juices are flowing. Like I, I got this now and I know how to relax and this is better. So, but when I got home, then I was able to incorporate that in more. And, and now I have a lot more white space on my calendar and I get a lot more done actually. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I went to transcendental meditation training, uh, not last year, but the year before. And they say, you know, that doing it twice a day, that 40 minutes, you'll be more productive mm -hmm. by doing it. And it's really tricky concepts like to embrace when you're first starting. Yeah. So it, it's been an adventure. I'm open to it because I'm just like, life got to be better, right? That's than right. it used to be. So what are these, what are these strategies? You, you reminded me of, I have another friend in the space of travel. She lives in France and actually I've interviewed her for the show. And I just kind of want to share with you this concept because I think it aligns with what you're doing. She's created a membership site where mm -hmm. she picked a location. So France is one of her specialties and I think she's going to do Germany and there's engagement. She teaches the language and the hidden gems. And it's like a virtual experience travel while we're locked up. 
Mm -hmm. So I'm just throwing that out there because I, it's got to be hard. It sounds like you pivoted in a way to keep engaged with clients and stuff. Mm -hmm. It's, it's been a year of, you know, one of our coaches is always talking about pivoting. I feel like that's all we talked about last year. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But there are ways to do it. Like uh, one of the places that I was planning on having a retreat was Italy. And I ended up twice now, I've done a cooking class with a chef in Rome. She's just a local. She's not a trained chef or anything, but I found her online and I said, you know, I really want to get to know you so that when I bring people there, we can come into, because what she would normally do would bring people into her home and cook a meal there uh, from a local perspective. And, and, and so now that I've done two classes with her, I'm getting ready to do a third. We've gotten to know each other more on a friendly basis, this woman in all the way in Rome. And my family's done classes with her now. And they're all like, oh, Chef Sandra. Like everyone loves her food. And we've made authentic Italian food from a local perspective. And it's been interesting because she tells us what the lockdown is like there and how things are there versus what we know here. And so, and how we as Americans look to them over there and you know different things that we can look forward to. And so, because th- that's the thing with travel, people want to travel, but there's so many different restrictions on every single country is doing it. I went to Jamaica, let's see, in October and the, and the requirements they have now versus October are vastly different. So mm. you, know, you got to keep up with that kind of stuff. And not all travels uh, like Costa Rica is open that we, you know, you can go to, but there's a lot of restrictions that they have and it could change at any moment right now. And so like you're saying about pivoting, like people who want to travel need to understand you need to be flexible and may have to change course. Cause we had some people who tried to go to Jamaica and they didn't, they wouldn't accept them. Even though they had clear COVID tests and everything, they said no. And so they quickly rerouted to Mexico <laughs> so that they could still take a trip. So it's kind of a world of being flexible these days and trying to figure out how you can do things a little bit different and be a little innovative on how you do things. And Well, I love, wow, you said a couple really cool things there. So I love the creativity. So again, for the entrepreneur's benefit, you made lemonade out of lemons, right? Italian lemonade, it sounds like, where where using that chef is genius. Like what a great way to continue to connect and and learn and add value and prepare. And it it probably has a better, it's going to probably have a better end result long-term, I would Mm -hmm. think. You're going to be in a much more intimate relationship with her. And when you get to Italy, the experience is going to be different than if you just went to a stranger. So I love that. Uh, I did want to give a shout out to Aruba. When you talk about these different procedures, they had an app, like you had a, you can get a test right in the airport. They had an app, they quarantine you in your room. So they give you your card, your key to your hotel room. You can, if you leave though, you can't get back in your room. That's how they protect the quarantine, which is brilliant. I was like, oh, okay, this makes sense. Um, So yeah, I think I think we have to be nimble and I think that ties exactly into business as well, right? Mm-hmm. Like we have to be okay with change and, and some of the obstacles like and taking a different road to get there. Mm-hmm. No. I don't know if this falls in your, in your wheelhouse, but if someone was, so say like me, say I wanted to do a gambling retreat 
I know you're doing coaching for accounting, uh, accountability, but if I needed guidance on how to host or do that, are you available for mm-hmm. other people to do that as well? Yes. Yeah. I, I used to do a ton of in-person events. Like I said, I would book the retreats. I, I would be the kind of the VIP concierge, I guess you could say for like all the, all the people that you would have coming to your retreat. I would be the go-between between the two of you for all their travel planning and making sure like, and I, and I would be there at your retreat to, you know, if you needed something then I was there right on the ground. So you didn't have to worry about who do you connect with, especially in these other countries, you know, oftentimes the, the coach or the, you know, the event the person holding the event, they can't be doing all of that. And so it was kind of a take on event planner of sorts, but it was more than that because I was doing all the travel as well and the customer care part of it for the retreat. So I put little gift bags in everyone's rooms, you know, all kinds of little extra things that you wouldn't have to worry about doing. There's a need for that. I, I watched how it worked. You're right. The coach, the leader of the trip, you, they need the energy to stimulate their clients the whole That's time. That's right. That's right. And that middle person is amazing. And like basically the foundation to the mm-hmm. trip, in my opinion, yeah. from from what I saw. So I think that's great that you're doing. Yeah, I've been doing that consulting for gosh, tw- over 20 years now between events and travel. And But then I kind of merged them together because most people do one or the other. They're a travel advisor or they're an event planner, but I was doing both. And then I added the component of, I'll also be your client concierge and like help them with all of their bookings and their dietary needs and all those things that you shouldn't really have to worry about. You know, a lot of people will have an assistant or something, but they can't handle all that either because (laughs) they're trying to help the person they're assisting and not deal with all of the clients. So yeah, that's fabulous. I'm glad that we connected so that I know that I have you as a resource down the road for sure. Um, I totally blanked on my last question. Sometimes I need to shut my mouth more so I can keep my train of thought. (laughs) So, well, since we have the platform, I'll I'll ask you two questions and you can share whatever shows up for you or whatever you want to share. And so if there was something that you had ideal clients listening right now, what would you want them to hear? And then the second question is, if there's new, newer entrepreneurs out there, what is something you want them to hear? Well, I would say the same to both of them, especially people wanting to do retreats or live events is to have somebody help you do it (laughs) because too many people, especially the newbies, they start out like, no, I can't afford it. I, you know, I'll just do it all myself. And they don't realize like I could come in and negotiate way better deals. So they actually save money in the long run and Mm -hmm. their clients get better VIP treatment, which then keeps them coming back and coming back and coming back. So they'll make more money. Um, and, but the same thing goes for those more experienced. They figure I've been doing it all this time. I don't need somebody else to do it, but it up levels them. And it gives the credibility that other people don't have when they see, like I've gone to conferences like this, where I've been at a conference and the speaker, the person running it is up on stage and they're like, hold on, we need to check for the lunch and hold on the air. We need, it's too hot, it's too cold. I'm like, 
that's just is not professional at all. Or they're sitting there at the at the check-in for registration, checking people in. And I'm like, what are you doing? You're supposed to be, you know, getting ready to go on stage or networking with the people and, and giving that a different experience, not worried about who's checking in and checking out and all those kind of things and so my advice to both is, is is to have somebody else help with those kind of things well we're aligned i mean i run a va business i think they should hire people right. to, to play with facebook content and do all the things that they're good at um so i couldn't agree more you have me thinking i i'd go to zumba conference every year oh. and um I was, uh, so at the time I was doing my corporate job where I would go to flower conferences, buying shows and that kind of stuff. So you're right. I've seen different aspects of conferences and conventions and events. And I remember at the Zumba conference a few years ago, after going to a floral one, now there's apps, right? Like, so if you're in that environment, and I imagine it could translate into uh, vacations too, like apps with where you're going and mm-hmm. the, you know agendas and that kind of thing. So I thought this app was brilliant. It was really helpful to me at the flower show. So when we get to Zumba, it's still old school paper or you have to go to the website and do the thing and blah, blah, blah. So I go up to the owners and I'm like, you might want to, like I, I'm showing him, I'm like, there's this stuff you can do. Yeah. I'm sure he didn't appreciate me telling him you know, like you have to be in a certain mindset to accept feedback. I, I, I'm sure a random Zumba person going up to you <laughs> at your event criticizing wasn't the best, but old dog, new tricks is where mm-hmm. I was going with this. And the same thing again, corporate America, as I look back, I've only been gone a few months. I'm like, they don't know about all this stuff we're learning. They have no idea of the softwares, the networking, the people, the, the business solutions. And it blows my mind. And I almost, I almost think that corporations, maybe the trade shows were where they got stuff, but I almost think they should send out people to go pretend be entrepreneurs or something so that they learn the latest and greatest, because if it impacts us and, and gives us solutions as one man bands or small teams, I can only imagine what it would do for very large organizations. Again, I digress a little bit often. So you're putting up with me. No, but that's but that's so true. I mean, there's just a lot of times people don't realize what's out there. And I mean, especially with events, now everyone uses apps. Like it's very rare now to see, even at very large ones, to see the paper documents anymore because most people just chuck it and they don't really use it. And they were like, where's the app for this? Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm a big map person. I need my map and I need my, you know, all that stuff. So, um, okay, before I ask you my final question, again, I would just want to make sure if there's anything that I'm forgetting to ask um, that you want to speak to, I want to give you that opportunity because it's, it's the Denise show today. So take advantage. <laughs> well, I guess one other thing I would just say is um, to find a way in your business that philanthropy part of it especially now what we've all gone through in the last almost year um, finding a way that you can incorporate philanthropy or giving back in some way to some cause that's important to you you know for some people it's pets for you know me it's human trafficking Um, yesterday was the national human trafficking awareness day 
And just, uh, especially with a lot of millennial clients in particular, they want to send their money to companies who are doing something good in the world. And so if you can find a way to incorporate that, even if it's a volunteer day or something in your business, um, there's a lot of people really looking for that these days to spend their money at companies that are actually doing something to try to make a difference beyond just the work that they're doing, but something else in the community. I love that. You're, you're so right. There was, I'm trying to think where I was. I think I go to too many things to learn. And sometimes <laughs> it like falls out my brain. But a lady was talking about that, like marrying your your business part with your mission. Or I think the example, one of the examples she gave was there was a place, let's call it a dry cleaner or something. I don't know. They had a, a truck that they used for deliveries during the day. And then their business closed at night. So they didn't need the truck but another business that might've been giving out meals or something mm. needed a vehicle, but didn't have the revenue. So the company donated the use of the equipment. Mm. So again, going back to that creativity, how do we solve these problems? Mm. And I think that that's one of the funnest for my bad English, funnest yeah. part of being an entrepreneur, right? Is like us getting it to is. think about the creativity and different ways to solve problems. Mm -hmm. Definitely is. If we take those 10 minutes a day, you advised us on to get creative, right? That's right. <laughs> okay. So here's my question for every entrepreneur, and it doesn't have to be business related, but the answers have been intriguing to me and I like it. So what is your favorite book, Miss Denise? Ooh, that's a tough one. That's I, read I, a, I read a book every day, like literally, like on our snow day, I read three whole books. Like I'm a fast reader and a, so when that kind of question comes up, it's really hard for me because in my mind, it's like the most recent thing I probably read. Um, gosh, you know, I still go to those old school think and grow rich, you know, you go way back and like to the original and, uh, I, that one I reread every year, at least once, if not more. Uh, but there's so many. I mean, any new book comes out, I'm on it. And it, it's like, it's hard for people to ever give me book ideas because I'm like, oh, read it. Oh, I read that one four times. Because <laughs> I, I do, I read a book every day, literally. <laughs> wow. Do you, you read the hard copy books or are you on yeah. Audible? No. Nope. Mm -mm. I can't listen to the books on tape. I can't, or the audibles or ebooks or any of those things. I can't, like, I just finished uh, Matthew McConaughey's new book and everyone kept saying, oh no, you need to listen to him read it. I'm like, well, that would be great, but I tend to read the book. Maybe I'll listen to it now, but I read it first. Just like I don't watch the movie until I read the book. <laughs> okay. So it's not necessarily any particular, it's not all business that you're reading. You, you have no. an appointment. Mm -mm. You know, the one that I just started this morning is the Ruth Bader book. So I read a lot of, I read nonfiction more. Occasionally I'll read a fiction book occasionally. Um, if it's one that's really like hot and new and everyone's talking about. Um, but for the most part, it's, and, and I run the gamut on everything from health and wellness to business to spirituality. You know, it's just, I read so much that I have to keep looking at other 
other areas and science and medicine and you know wow I heard I heard Grant Cardone last night I was at one of his he's doing like this four week beginning of the year training and he was talking about books and he says I, I hadn't thought of it this way and you covered this end of it too but he's like if the book is good and you're learning things and you're executing the things read the book again that's right and you, and you covered that with Think and Grow Rich that mm-hmm. he's like I had the same book and I listened I read it 30 times or, or yeah. whatever. And it's the repetition also helps too. So I like that you said that because I struggle. I could have read something like thinking grow rich keeps coming up in conversation. And I read it within the last six months, but I don't, I, I can't retain it the way that other people do. And I don't know if it's because I keep putting new information in there, but yeah. Uh, well, and then you start reading other books that you realize they're just saying what he said in that book. <laughs> and so going back to, you know, d- different ones. Like I've started to go back to books from the 17, 1800s, what I never would have normally read, but I'm realizing when I'm reading them, I'm like, wow, some of these things that I hear Tony Robbins or this person or that person, they're talking about stuff from way, way, way back. You know, it's like this, obviously it's tried and true that it's keep coming up all these years later. Uh, you know, another one, the one thing, I, I've read that one several times because at a different point, I'm doing multiple things. And so I have to keep remembering, focus on one thing, one thing, and complete that one thing, instead of squirreling off, and squirreling off. And, and I think that that's why I have so many books too, because I'll start one and I'm like, well, now like Ruth Bader, when she passed away, I was like, well, wait, now I want to read her thing, because that, that was fresh in my mind. And so I stop one and I start another. And I can't imagine reading one a day. I'm looking up in my Audible to see if I have the one thing that sounds familiar. Of course, I messed up my phone and can't find anything. <laughs> um, and it's interesting that you say that because the context you just made it sound like is stay focused. Yeah. Yes. Yep. It's about how you focus on one thing and then that's how you get successful because you're you know, just doing the one thing until the end, like, and then when you've completed it, then you can go on to something else. And, and it's a, it's another one of those that's an easy, quick, short read. You know, it, it's funny because now people who know me and know how much I read, somebody sent me this 183 page book to kind of look over and they're like, it's a quick read. Like, and I open up, I'm like, it's 183 pages. Like what? Oh yeah, well they know me, so they know. <laughs> For yeah. me, that's a quick read, you know. That's <laughs> For awesome. my boyfriend, that would take him a year. <laughs> so. Yeah, if I could retain better, I have a wandering mind when I read or listen. I have to really be focused. Like you know how some people can li- read a book with the radio in the background or a yes. television. I can't yep. do that. Even back in high school, I couldn't do my homework that way. Hmm. Um, it's very distracting to me, and if I I call it my brain train is how I refer to it. So if I was reading a book and let's say it said Snickers bar in the, in the text, my brain might go Snickers bar. Oh, the last time I had a Snickers bar, I was on a boat, <laughs> a boat. I want to go on a cruise all of a sudden, but I'm flipping pages during this whole event. And I have no idea what I read. And it's, I don't know if it's reading comprehension or whatever. So that's on my to-do list is like a speed reading and a reading comprehension 
uh, to really wrap my head. So I'm a little envious of you. I'll be honest. Well, and I only got that way because when I went to law school and they said, oh, here's your 200 pages a day that we had to read and be able to regurgitate the next day. I was like, how am I going to do this? So I took a speed reading class then, and that's how I was able to do it. And then I just started to find a lot of books that I really liked. And so for a while, my family made fun of me. You know, You're just such a bookworm because I can watch a movie or listen to music and read. So they're like, how do you know all about that movie? And you can tell me what the book was about. I'm like, well, I can do both. Like if it's quiet though, I have a hard time. If I, I have to have the sound in the background or I can't retain it as well. I don't know why. <laughs> That's interesting. So, well, I guess I have to look into a speed reading class. That would probably help. It'd probably be worth the time. Does it take a long time to learn? Uh, no, Jim Quick, have you heard of him, Jim Quick? No. He, he's got a lot of really cool stuff that there's a lot of, he's got a lot of stuff on his website and stuff that can help. Um, like he does things to help you retain people's names and like all kinds of memory things and stuff. And speed reading, I guess, was one of his first things. And so he's got Thank a lot me. of techniques. Yeah. I'll definitely look into that. Thank you. All right. Well, this has been awesome. I appreciate your wisdom and um, knowing that you exist makes me like really happy. Like this concept of what you do. I have a feeling because I've heard in a lot of the online classes, people who have said, I want to coach and then eventually get to travel. Like it's in a lot of yeah. people's vision mm -hmm. plans. And I'm sure they don't know that you exist, at least in my other worlds. Right. So right. I'm happy that we got to have this chat and let people know that you're out there. And do you want to give a shout out? We'll have all your contact information and in all the, you know, in the notes on the web, all the places, but do you want to give a shout out to your contact information? Sure. You can email me at info at humanexperiencegroup.com or the website's humanexperiencegroup.com. And you can sign up for the newsletter there as well. Perfect. Thank you so much, Denise. I appreciate you being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. If you're not my, try to